Victory Podcast. We are less than two weeks away until Titans football is back. I'm pumped. I hope you are too. Welcome back into another episode of the Second of Victory Podcast. Austin Nelson here, uh, joined by my two teammates, Chris Carter and Brett Batchelor. What's up, fellas? How's it What's going? Up? What's up? We're doing well. Um, guys, again, like I said, we are two less than two weeks away. I, it doesn't feel like it, I mean, I guess because, you know, whole COVID going on and whatnot, it, like the the season has not changed. Like we're not, you know, we didn't push it back or anything. It's still set for the exact date it was supposed to be set for, but it just, it still doesn't feel real yet. Um, but it's approaching fast and, you know, training camp's done with, cuts are about to happen. I'm pumped. Brett, you? Bro, I am so excited. And I think to your point a little bit, probably why it doesn't feel like the season starts here in less than two weeks is because we didn't have a preseason. So there's not really that yeah. build. You don't sure. see football yet, but, but man, holy cow, fans or no fans, I am extremely pumped. And I'm pumped even though, I mean, I'm not pulling for the Texans, obviously, but I'm still going to watch the game just because it means that football is back no matter what. And that one's barely a week away too. Wouldn't it be something if like the Chiefs go up you know, like twenty-one nothing in, in <laughs> half time, and the Texans come back and oh, win it man, just to bro. kind of change oh, the, the narrative. Cow. Change the narrative a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, we can we can kind of dive into that later at a different podcast. But um, you know, as as I'm I'm just excited about the AFC South. I think you know, mm-hmm. I think the past couple of years we've always talked about how it's the Titans division. Yada yada yada. We can we can stress all day about that. But um, the AFC South is is as different as it's changed this year. It's going to be a fun division. Um, I think it's now so, it's now anybody but the Jags division. Correct. I think is. so too. And I, I still think we have the upper the Titans have the upper hand on the on the Texans. Um, but it's going to come down to in my opinion the the Colts and the and the Titans. Um, I said we're not going to get into it, but here we are getting into it. <laughs> um, but you know you got Rivers, you got the Texans made you know a lot of moves. Not some interesting moves. Yeah, some interesting, interesting moves. moves. David Johnson, just some new faces. Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks. I got some new faces. So it's gonna be it's gonna be different for the Titans to kind of face some different receivers. Thank Tunch's God. Got, he's Tunch's running on his big Hopkins. contract. Exactly. So, um, but I kind of want to start with the you know the Titans news right now. Kind of what's been going on with them. Um, a couple things. The boy is back. Will <laughs> Compton is back in the building. <laughs> I can't believe it. When we first got the notification that Will Compton was going to have a tryout, I'm thinking, are you shitting me? Like, for are they, are they serious <laughs> right now? Because I don't think the Titans really needed Will Compton. But in a, we've talked about this before. In a, in a year where there was no preseason, um, the Titans could not get a real good look on, on the younger guys they have to see if they could produce in, the, in preseason games and kind of what they had. It's a year where if there's veteran leadership out there, you got to grab them in any aspect. Mm-hmm. And so Will Compton made plenty of sense. He's familiar with the team, with all the guys, and so it, it's like a it's a perfect marriage again. I'm glad he's back, and I know he is too. So good for Will. Um, another thing this week, the Titans agreed to terms with uh, DB Doug Middleton. Not a whole lot of, of game experience from, from Middleton, but uh, he's another special teams guy, and I think this is going to come on the news. Of we, we're going to find out later on that Dan Cruikshank's probably going to be out for a, a, a while. Um, and so I think this move made sense to get another DB. So um, will he make the roster? Who knows? But I think it's just in the, in, in the short period of time of how many days are left until the first game. It might be a tryout for Middleton. You know, who, who knows? So um, that's that. Chris, what else we got, man? Well, we, we heard this week that um, we had a couple players uh, have to get carried off the field, which is never good news. 
Uh, one of them seems like he's okay, and that's Nate Davis, uh, who's obviously a key part of our of our starting offensive line. So a, a guy we really need, especially in this first game, to to really start establishing that um, that that line and and have all these guys gelled together and, and ready to go. Uh, other one maybe not such great news is uh, Derek Roberson. Uh, seemed like he really couldn't put much weight on his leg and. That's a guy I really saw contributing a lot this year, and I, I know we've kind of talked about that in the past. And Austin, I think you agree with me on that. But uh, you know, especially with with the the I don't want to say lack of depth uh, per se, but the unproven depth at uh, outside linebacker. I thought Derek was going to be a guy that that was going to get some snaps. Um, you know, he showed a little bit uh, for us at the end of last season, but. Um, I, I think that's a loss uh, that will probably uh, go the whole season. So, I do too. I mean, Derek played a lot of good snaps towards the end of last year. Fraben um, was raving about him, so he made some good plays towards the end of last year and kind of in the playoffs as well. So that does hurt. Um, I'm not even. We're not even going to talk about clowning because I'm done with that conversation until it actually happens. If it does happen, um, I think. Clowney is kind of playing the I know my worth card. He's kind of playing overextending yep. it, in my opinion. And so at Le'Veon point, Bell card. Yeah, if you want to play football, play. Play football. Play like, football. A team is going to pay you a great contract just for one year. Play. Like, what are you waiting on? Oh, he, sure. I, it's like he wants a long-term deal. When it's obvious he's not getting it, he hasn't asked for it. So what are you waiting on? Yep. So – that's all I want to talk about that because I'm, I'm sick of it. It's just, it's it's boring to talk about at this point because it's nothing's happening. And uh, it, we, he it we've said multiple year. times too. Exactly, we've said multiple times too. Hey, this is the last week until Clowney signs somewhere that we talk about Clowney, and then each week, it, but each week it seems like there's something to add on to the story. Because I mean, we've seen him turn down big contracts. We've seen him turn down small contracts. I mean, I'm kind of with you that I think he might sit out for the year, but it's almost like he wants a long term deal with a team that can win now versus rather taking the money that he wants or i mean like you said bro we don't know exactly what he's thinking but it makes it interesting with what he's turned down and what he's been offered 100 percent. what we're going to kind of dive into on this podcast this episode the titans make cuts this weekend and so um we're going to kind of predict the the 53-man roster and kind of what we think it's going to look like uh, will it be 100 percent correct Probably not. You know, it, it's so hard to predict and kind of see what John Robinson's thinking and the, and the coaching staff thinks. But we're going to try our very best to kind of take a stab at it. And so, um, Chris, we'll kind of, you know, we'll all break it down and go in different segments. But, Chris, you start and uh, kind of what do you think about the, the, the quarterbacks and running backs? Yeah, and, and just so everyone knows, we, we, we know what each other thinks here. So I'm just going to kind of run through these first two. The three of us all agree uh, on – on who our quarterbacks and running backs uh, are going to be based on our predictions and quarterback. We think we're going three deep. I kind of think you have to uh, with, with COVID and, uh, and, you know, quarterback, it's very important that you know the whole playbook. So uh, we all three went with Tannehill, Woodside and, and Trevor Simeon um, in no particular order other than Tannehill as the starter. Uh, not sure who's really going to be the number two out of Woodside and Simeon, but, um, that'll play itself out over the next week or so. And then a running back, uh, we all know Derek's making the team. Uh, and and Darrington, uh, Darrington's obviously going to be a key contributor, but he has missed some some practice time recently. 
Um, so all three of us agree that Jeremy McNichols will be on the 53-man roster as well. Um, and then our, our uh, Will Compton killer last year, Corey Blossom game uh, at fullback. I hope Corey said something to him when Will came back. Like, hey. I really that, do too. Remember that play in Oakland? I snagged on you. That'd be <laughs> that'd be really funny. If that that um, okay, so since we we're kind of all agree there with the uh, the quarterbacks and running backs, it's kind of obvious in my opinion um, with with all those. So next are the wide receivers and tight ends, the the playmakers, the the weapons that the Ryan Tannehill will, will play with this year. And so from the first four, we all agree: AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond. And so. Um, that those are those are the four the the core receivers the Titans will have. Khalif Raymond playing a more of a bigger role this year without Tajay Sharp, so I think we'll see more Khalif this year. Hopefully more Adam Humphreys as well. Um, get him some more touches in the slot. So um, two guys that will have a bigger a bigger um, part of the offense. So Chris kind of went different here. He went Rashard Davis. Um, he's he has the Titans going after six receivers. Um, Brett and I had both had five with the Titans just keeping Cody Hollister. And so, because he's more of a bigger receiver, six forward, and so um, if the Titans do want to bring him in, um, more of a an end zone kind of situation or um, over the middle, I think Cody Hollister's a good a good body to have. Chris, kind of, what were your thoughts on, on the Titans giving six with Rashard Davis? Yeah, I think uh, I think Rashard kind of gives you that that special teams uh, wide receiver as well. Sure. Um, he can he can do some some returning. He can he can obviously play gunner and, and the things you need as well. But, I mean, this guy was the number one overall pick for the XFL. He's a talented, he's a talented wide receiver, um, talented guy. And, you know, it, it seems like, uh, based on some of the stuff that Jim Wyatt has put out there, and it seems like the team really likes him, uh, and he's putting in the work. Um, so I, I think I think he, he will make the 53. He might be a guy that <laughs> better down the road, you know, that one of those situations. But – I think he makes the 53, and I think he, he could potentially contribute this year. I'm not mad at it. I, I liked him at the end. I mean, it's, I think the Titans signed him. Um, was it the before the Houston game, Week 17 game, I think is when he was signed, and they kind of kept him throughout the playoffs. And so I, I like Rashard Davis. Again, I, I remember when, when the Titans did sign him. You know, the whole thing was he was the number one pick in the XFL draft. And so he had to be a stud, right, um, for, for some shape, way, or form. So um, I don't hate it. But um, – to, to move on with that, the tight ends, we all agreed here. All four of us, we had the same tight ends. Jonu Smith, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, and then Jeff Swaim, who was just picked up here recently, a couple weeks ago by the Titans. But we know that the Titans um, like to use the tight ends a lot. Um, it was Delaney Walker, and, and it was Jonu now. So um, they're not afraid of using the, the, the tight end sets, two or three on the field. And so Jeff Swaim kind of has, has been in the league for many years. He's a veteran. And so we all thought that, you know, he, he brings a, a, a good trait to the run game and blocking. So we all agree with those four as well. So um, kind of nothing nothing too shat, you know, crazy on, on, on with those two position groups except Rashard Davis. So, um, Brett, hit us up on the uh, the trenches, man. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it gets down and dirty right there on the offensive line. We all know who's going to be the starters there. you got Taylor LeJuan and Dennis Kelly on the outside, possibly Isaiah Wilson there. Um Austin, you do go a little bit more in depth when it comes to the tackles, and you kind of like Ty Sambrillo. So, kind of, what do you what do you see there in Sambrillo to give more depth at the tackle position after Dennis Kelly and Isaiah Wilson? 
I think it's really just Isaiah Wilson. Just the, the development of him not coming along just yet as everybody thought they would. But he's a 21-year-old rookie. I mean, like this guy, it's going to yeah. take some time for him to become a stud. He'd become a, the, the starting right tackle. Um, I don't think it's going to be right away, as, as some people think. You know, is, who cares about how big he is? Can he play football? Does he know the playbook yet? Can he can he read assignments? I mean, can, it's going to take more time. Um, so I thought just having some more veteran uh, presence in Ty, he's been getting a lot of snaps, first team snaps, from what I've been reading reports from from the media um, who are at Titans practice, and so nobody's kind of been raving about Isaiah, Isaiah Wilson. There's been some days, but more bad than good. So I just thought having Ty there um, as another tackle would uh, be beneficial. So you kind of move on. We move on to the rest of the line, and we move more on the inside of the line. And where we saw the Titans really develop in the second half of the last season was running the ball left, like everybody said, to the left side with Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold. Obviously, Saffold's going to be there. Austin, me and you both have Jamil Douglas down there as a guard. He's been here before, and we all have Nate Davis, David Quisenberry, and we all know that Ben Jones can be the starting center. Where it changes a little bit, though, is Austin, me and you go with the extra guard and Jamil Douglas. But, Chris, you have a backup senior in Daniel Munyer. What do you kind of see behind, I guess, Ben Jones and possibly Bo Brinkley as well to keep a third center on the roster? Yeah, I, uh, I actually kind of uh, dove into Joe Rexroad's uh, uh, 53-man breakdown that he did today. And, you know, he made a good point that that, that Munyer has, has been um, – an interesting player out there. He's he's played well uh, in the time that the media has been able to see him. And I think it just makes sense to, you know, Jamil Douglas is primarily a, a guard who can play center. Uh, Munier gives you the, the ability to have somebody that is a center uh, backing up Ben Jones. And so if Ben Jones does go down, you're not really uh, just throwing a player out there that can do it. You're playing, you're throwing someone out there that, does do it. So I think that's the better situation. Moving to the other side of the trenches, definitely where it gets down and dirty on this side of the ball too, because we got the big guys going after the quarterback, going after the running backs as well. We all know that Jeffrey Simmons and Daquan Jones are going to be right there starting. Um, and then you move down further on in depth. We all agree that it's going to be Isaiah Matt, Jack Crawford, and Laurel Merchant, the big draft pick that we had late in the draft that the Titans had. None of us had Matt Dickerson on there, and we've seen him there before. But, Chris, you and I kind of talked about beforehand, too, about he doesn't add as much depth as we might think that he does, and Jack Crawford and Murchison can definitely fill in and fit that role instead. Agreed. Yeah, I think uh, I think Dick- Dickerson, to me, is kind of just another guy. Uh, they liked him early on, but I don't really think he's grown as much as they had hoped he would. Um, I think, if anything, maybe you get him on the practice squad. If not, you got Joey Ivey, who was with the team last year. Uh, that that can kind of fit that practice squad role. So, you know, you kind of have those two guys that are practically the same uh, same caliber of player. Um, so, I don't think you're really losing much by Dickerson not making the team. Uh, Chris, you want to uh, talk about the outside linebackers? So, of course, you know, we have uh, we have the the guarantees. Uh, that's Harold Landry, uh, Kamale Perea, uh, who we know started a lot of games for the Titans in the past. Vic Beasley, uh, we all have him uh, on the 53-man roster to start the season. Obviously, there's a chance he could be on the pup list. I, you know, not really sure what that's going to look like for him. But uh, then we also have DeAndre Walker, the the young guy who missed the season last year. Um, it really seems like this coaching staff likes him a lot. Seems like he worked really hard this offseason. season. Um, so those are your four that we have all making the team. 
And then there's a little bit of variation here. Uh, me and Brett both have Wyatt Ray making the squad. Uh, recent recent signing. Uh, then we got him a couple weeks ago. Um, so Austin, you only have forward outside linebacker. What are, what are you thinking there? Clowny. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I just I don't I don't know a whole lot more about Wyatt Ray. I'll be honest. Um, just did not add him in there. Um, I'm sounding like a, a jackass of a fan right now. And a, I mean, how do you have a podcast <laughs> not who Wyatt Ray is? I just don't. I haven't heard enough buzz about Wyatt Ray. So if they end up keeping him, um, great. I mean, the Titans obviously need the depth at outside linebackers. By far the weakest position on the team, especially with Vic Beasley having even practiced yet. So um, they're definitely in trouble. If they keep Wyatt Ray, obviously would not be surprised. But um, I think we, we know Derek Roberson was probably going to be out now. And so we both, all of us did not add him. So, um, yeah, White Ray probably does make sense, but I just didn't add him because I, I added some guys on some other pieces of the team. And so, um, let me yeah. kind of segue to that. You asked, us, you asked us this a week ago when we all have Robert, Roberson making the team. Um, exactly. So, so that injury, uh, I think it's going to, going to put him on IR, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens once we get more information about that. Uh, inside linebacker. We have our two starters and Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown. Uh, in my opinion, the, the best duo of inside linebackers in the NFL. I think both of those guys are absolute studs. Uh, then we got the, the, the rookie last year uh, that, that we saw really lighted up in the playoffs and played well when Jayon went down. That's David Long Jr. Um, so I think we all feel pretty comfortable with that top three there. Um, and then we also all three had Will Compton, uh, making the team and Nick, I do not know how to say his last name. Uh, uh, he pronounced it to the Titans media a few weeks ago when he had his uh, his sit down. Um, and it's I, uh, I, well, I'm probably even uh, messing it up, but Desubner, Desubner, okay, Desubner, I think. So, so we also we also had Nick Desubner making the team. Uh, <laughs> We're probably even saying that wrong. Probably. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I do think I think Will's get, getting a big uh, benefit of COVID here. Um, Will Compton, that is, you know, he he's a, as you mentioned, Austin. He's a guy who knows the defense. Uh, he's a guy who is is comrades with these guys. He's he's close with them, so he fits into the locker room and all that. I think if 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 it was any other year. A younger, more more uh, promising guy, I would say, at linebacker uh, at at that last spot, probably like a Cal Garrett or maybe someone else they would bring in. But uh, I think Wheels got a big, big, uh, big role on special teams this year for us, and uh, you know I'm excited to see it. I am too. Yeah, but we could wait, rave all day about how how excited we are about Will Compton, um, but. He just he's just a good guy to have in the locker room. I think everybody you know, they kind of flock to Will and Will. He's as you know we all are fans of busting with the boys. The podcast he has with Taylor Lewan, um, and, and as he kind of talks to players who have come on the bus, they they kind of discuss um, defense and 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 um, strategy and and plays and reads and things like that. So he's he's very detailed about the game, and so I think he's right. bringing you know not even if it's on the field, it's off the field of helping. Jayon and Rashawn and David so um you know we're not going to see Will a whole lot on the defense actually playing so but 
what kind of what he, he he mentions to the guys about hey maybe you know react to this faster or something like that he's going to help in some yeah. way um, that so kind of unspoken, unspoken leadership that you get with For a sure. guy like that, that absolutely that you're not always going to get with a you know young guy that you can bring in austin why don't you uh take us to cornerbacks where we probably have the most uh, differences across the three of us. Yeah, by far. And it's kind of interesting um, of, of who we all have. Um, I have the Titans keeping six corners. Um, you guys have five. And we all agree on a Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, uh, cornerback one and two. Uh, we Then we have uh, rookie Christian Fulton, obviously, um, and Jonathan Joseph, who will most likely start in the slot to start the season. But I, I truly think Fulton comes in fast to kind of take his spot. I just have a feeling, guys, when we, when we signed Jonathan Joseph, um, wasn't too high on it because I feel like he's so notorious for getting burnt. And so I feel like he's going to be in one of the, another one of those Titans corners who we have are just going to be so frustrated with week after week. Um, you know, back in the day it was Parrish Cox. And I just kind of feel now Jonathan Joseph <laughs> is that guy. I could be wrong. You guys may feel a different way about that than, than, than I do. But uh, nonetheless, he's a great veteran leadership, and so he'll help the, the younger guys out. And so this is kind of where it gets different. I have Ty Smith, and I put Ty Smith in there just because I do think he's the fifth best cornerback on the team, um, and also because he's been with the squad for a couple years now, and he knows the defense. And so I, I do think um, Mike Rabel um, enjoys his skill set on the defense, and so I, I have him there. You both have Kareem Orr, and so Brett, if you want to, why did you why did you choose Kareem Orr over a, a veteran like Ty Smith? Uh, well, I put Ty Smith on there too, but I, I like Kareem as well. Just you did. I'm sorry. I'm comfortable with. No, you're good. You're good. Um, honestly, though, I just think that they're comfortable with Kareem more. It, it adds depth. He's been on the roster for a little bit now. He's still a young guy. Honestly, he's been he's been back and forth. But it's kind of like one of those things with with Ty Smith. How Ty Smith was on the roster and then waived when or he would be back on the roster because Malcolm Butler would get hurt. And so Kareem Moore has been in the league. He's played. And like we said, he knows he knows the Titans well. This is the only person he's ever been a, been a part of when it comes to league wise. Kareem Moore has only been with the Titans, and I think when you look at it, it just adds depth behind guys like Ty Smith and Jonathan Joseph, and he can even play special teams as well. You put him on there with Josh Kalou as well, because we know that Kalou is so good about getting around the edge on blocking kicks, <clears throat> Kansas City game. So when you add things like that and put Kareem Moore on depth like that, gives him more experience, and I I just think that's what they feel most comfortable with. Yeah. So I added, I was the only person here to put in Chris Jackson. So Chris Jackson was the seventh round pick by the Titans from Marshall. Let me kind of bring up two tweets for you. And they're actually from Joe Rexroad. Joe Rexroad getting a lot of shout on the podcast tonight. So shout out Joe Rexroad. Um, this was from August 16th. And he said, um, in long story short, the only thing he has about Chris, jo- Chris Jackson is Chris Jackson making plays. A August 31st tweet says Titans practice thoughts. No reason to think Simeon is ahead of Woodside other than the 25 starts. Chris Jackson, some significant reps. Tannehill vertical drop to John U. Smith, despite perfect Byard coverage again. No kicking to be seen. Ty Smith, really good day. So I just think Chris Jackson, obviously with those two tweets, have been making some plays in practice when his name his number is getting called. Um, he's also had a few days off here and there uh, from what I've seen. So I just think they like Chris Jackson. If not, I think he's a perfect practice squad guy. They'll keep him around at some, you know, some way sort of fashion. So um, I like Chris Jackson. I think he brings some good depth and size. So I'm, I'm in on him. But um, we could all – we're all kind of the same on these safeties too, Brett. Yeah, we definitely are. We all know that, that 
top three safety in the league. Kevin Barr is definitely going to be up there. And you had kind of like how Chris was talking about how good the linebacker tandem is. You have the same thing with Kevin Byard and Kenny Vaccaro, probably top five in the league as well when it comes to two safeties right there. But then you add in a stud like Amani Hooker back there as well. It's it's one of the best safety tandems or, I guess, trios that we've seen for the Titans maybe ever and definitely in the league right now too. None of us have Dane Krucek on there, but that's only because we think he's probably going to end up on PUP. And we talked about that beforehand too. Now, we fit off these rosters at different times, so – we all didn't say, hey, let's not put Dane on there. That's all how it just ended up happening, and then we went over the roster before this all started. But because of the tweet from Dane Krushank talking about a minor setback for a major comeback, it just kind of puts out things that he – and he hasn't practiced in a while. Then then you add on the signing of Doug Middleton. Kind of just puts thoughts in your head of, okay, Dane might be out a little bit longer than we think right now. So probably not IR, but definitely most likely PUP, and that's with the signing of Doug Middleton, and that's why we all have Doug Middleton on there as well. And obviously Josh Kalou, because we know how good a special teams guy he is. We all have Kevin Byer, Kenny Vaccaro, Hooker, Kalou, and Middleton on there. And then when you get special teams, I mean, we know who the punter is. We know who the long snapper is. Most likely going to be Greg Joseph when it comes to kicker. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Tucker McCann, but we all three have Greg Joseph on there because he kicked last year and it's, he's, just, he's comfortable right now. So I do think it's going to be Greg Joseph to start the season. Um but the Titans have worked out some kickers in the last in the last week with um, Stephen Gostowski lives in Nashville. Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen Gostowski and then Stephen Hauschka as well. So they're both you know big kickers who have been, you know, two of the top kickers in the in the league for many many years. And so I think at some point one of those gets signed. I don't think you just bring in two veterans like that and, and neither one gets signed. But um, I think we're waiting on Gost- the Gostowski news. Is that right, Chris? I, I, you know, I'm really, I'm really curious how his his uh, workout went with the team. You're, you're uh, right, because at one point I, I know Rabel said that he couldn't come in just yet, but it was going to happen or something of that news. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm under the impression it happened this week uh, based on Al, Albert Brewer's been uh, posting uh, the tryouts and stuff. I haven't I haven't uh, checked to see if they actually brought him in or not, but I know that's what some of the tweets were saying and that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious, you know, he was, he's what, 36 years old, I think at this point, um, he lives in Nashville now. He obviously went to college at Memphis. Uh, so he has an affinity for the state. It'd be really cool to see, see him kind of finish his career here, but this is, go ahead, is, sorry. He, is he what he was? Um, exactly. Uh, exactly. This is from a uh, tweet on uh, yesterday, actually from Jared Stillman. No shout out to Jared Stillman. I hope he hears this. Um, <laughs> Floyd Reese on the Titans kicking game today at practice. Awful, awful, awful. So it's obvious um, the kicking situation is still what it was. For, for Guys, for so many years, isn't it weird? Like the Titans had like such a good kicking situation. Like the Titans never had to worry about punter kicker. So Those good. are two of the, like, the locks on the roster year after year. And here recently since no, the second injury – yeah, since the suck up in injury, it's kind of been like, all right, who, who's coming in now? Like, can you just make a thirty, you know, yard field goal, please? And, and it's of- suck up too. Suck up just signed or not signed. I'm sorry, had a tryout with the Buccaneers as well. So suck signed. up, not even he out did, of the league. Yeah, did sign. He actually did sign. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh. But then I mean, you, and, we, I mean, talking about Gostowski, you look at Gostowski real quick. First off, it doesn't seem like he's been the guy in New England since Vinatieri left. But he, I mean, he has been. Because like you like you said, he's 36 years old. But um, as we all know, three-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Pro Bowler, 
two-time first-team All-Pro, uh, one-time second-team All-Pro. He's a part of the All-Decade team, and then he holds the NFL record for 479 consecutive extra points made. But I think the biggest thing that you look at, and it's something the Titans have struggled with lately, 62 yards is his longest field goal. He's still got a little bit of distance in him. I don't know if he has that anymore. But he has 1,775 points scored. He's 87% on field goals in his career, but the biggest thing that you can see is 523 touchbacks he has in his career, and he's been doing that even these past couple years, even though his legs gone down a little bit distance-wise, and that's something that the Titans definitely struggled with last year because they even brought in Santoso to be the, to be the kickoff guy last year, and even he couldn't get into the end zone last year. So definitely something the Titans are going to look forward to is having a guy that can actually get the ball through the back of the end zone and not have to face the return game at all. I forgot about the Ryan Santoso era. I did too. I did too. Uh, so we did we did work Doskowski out on on Tuesday the 29th. I just found the, found Albert Brewer's tweet about that. So uh, we have brought him in. We obviously d- didn't sign him uh, yet, uh, or, or won't. Or who knows? Um, but if his if his workout went well, I I think there's there's potential for us to you know those. Some teams like to sign those veterans after week one, something to do with the contract guarantees or something. Maybe that's the route we're going to go. Uh, roll into week one with with either Greg Joseph or Tucker McCann and then sign sign one of these vets after. So, For sure. Well, I mean, that kind of wraps up the 53-man roster. Will we be right? Who knows? We'll kind of yeah, – after Saturday next week when we uh, have the podcast again, the episode drops – We'll kind of discuss who did make it, who didn't make it, but it's it's definitely definitely going to look a lot different than I, I, I would guess any of ours, um, if if y'all agree with that. So, for sure, I'm very excited to see what this what this roster looks like in Denver. And, and one other thing I was going to say, you know, we just predicted a 53 man roster based on who's on the team right now. We exactly. know John likes to like make those last minute trades or those waiver wire pickups. You know, I think we brought Reggie Gilbert in the day before cuts last year, um, so. John Robinson is going to do his magic. Not everybody we listed will make this team. Not everybody we uh, we see on the in Titans blue right now is going to be. Uh, you know, there's somebody out there I'm sure that's going to be on this team uh, that's not right now. So, yeah, 100. percent Speaking of speaking that. of free agents, Onyx too. Can we can we just give a uh, can we give a massive shout out real quick to Logan Ryan going back home playing for his hometown Giants? Yeah, big shout out to Logan Ryan. Happy for him. It's gonna be fun to watch. I'm glad he he got a job. He definitely deserved one. He still can play. He so. definitely deserves one. He got what seven and a half million. Yeah, um, he did. Yep. Not the not the ten million he was rumored to get, but I mean seven and a half million for for him. I think it's a pretty good payday. So. And he definitely, I mean, he he kind of went the route Clowney went. If it, it, you know, he he talked about I want this amount of money. Um, the right situation came. I, he even changed agents in the yep. last week. So I think he found it a right, the right fit, and took less money. Again, it's a, it's a one-year deal. So if he plays better than what he's, you know, we know he's capable of, he can kind of get another contract. Clowny, I keep saying we're not going to talk about it. Here we are talking about it. <laughs> Should do the same thing. I, I just, again, it, 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 I think he is kind of you're right, Greg, on the left bell route, and. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of overhyping his worth, but anywho, um, I kind of want to go to Twitter again. Follow us on Twitter at Second Victory. Um, I sent a tweet out about um, some questions, and so we have we have a few questions to, to answer right now. Um, this one is from at Craw115, uh, Justin Crawford. 
He asks, the Titans finished 10th last year in points per game. With the year under Arthur Smith's belt as the OC, can they make a leap into the top five? Chris, what are your thoughts? Because I know you're a big That's a great question. question. That's a great question. You know, and I think uh, not just with a year uh, under his belt, but also a year under Tannehill's belt. We know Tannehill's going into the year as the starter from day one. Um, Built a lot of momentum uh, at the end of the year. I could definitely see this as a top five offense. Um, you know, I think uh, Arthur Smith is going to add some new wrinkles. Uh, I think he's got an interesting player in Darrington Evans that uh, that he can throw out there as a weapon kind of all around the offense. So, yeah, I'm anxious to see. Uh, anxious to see, like, how he kind of reimagined some of the things he was doing last year to, to evolve the offense, not just keep going with what they were doing well, uh, but, you know, throw in those new wrinkles and, and take it to the next level. I think I think a top five offense is very possible. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's going to be tough. Like, I mean, on paper, like the Titans, they don't scream top five offense. But um, I think with the, the the play calling of Arthur Smith, um, I think that is going to lead the offense again. I think we'll see more play action. A.J. Brown will get more involved. Corey Davis will get more involved. Jonu Smith will have a big role in the offense. And then That's I think you the added, big one. That's the big yeah, one. Yeah, I think you added – will we see more of a pass-catching game with the running backs? Um, we've seen Derrick Henry work on – this pass catching in, in some practices this year. Um, they're working more on that with him. Imagine, guys, imagine Derrick Henry catching passes out of the backfield and being fluid with it, like actually looking good while doing it. Because he's kind of looked so robotic-y when he catches the balls, as we've seen that before. Um, it's more of like the – and remember if you guys remember in the Cleveland game week one last year, it was, the, it was like the deep screen on the outside, and he kind of just took it to the house. So yep. it's nothing more fluid, kind of like a Kamara McCaffrey. Those guys look so good doing it. Um, I think that's more of the Evans role. So if you can kind of see all these guys that I've named have a bigger role, we know that the offense, Titans offense is so good in the red zone. If that doesn't change this year, then absolutely. They can definitely be a top think, five offense. But I think top I 10 think, is, is perfect. Yeah, for sure. I think John Smith, honestly, to me, is going to be the key for that. Because if he can if he can keep walking is good, but if he can start catching the ball like Delaney was, the 15, 20 yards are over the middle that turns it into a, a into a 25, 30 yard play. That's what can start scaring a lot of people. Because before when Delaney was doing that, the Titans didn't really have much else because Mark was either down. There's when Demarco Murray was hurt, Derek wasn't fully developed into what he is now. There were no receivers on the outside. Corey Davis was a rookie at the time, and that was pretty much it. But so now if you can have a guy like John Smith, 15, 20 yards across the middle, we know he can go even deeper than that. He can run the ball out of the backfield too, a little jet sweep. But if you can get him just from that 15 to 20 to 25-yard range, then that'll bring the safeties down just a tad. Then you can throw A.J. Brown a little bit a little bit deeper. Then you can go hump or, or Corey Davis 20 yards across the middle. Then you can go some toss sweeps to Derrick Henry, let him get on the outside. It brings in so much more if you have a guy like John Smith that can turn into a true tight end number one like we think he can. Man, and I want to see some – before you go, Chris, I'm sorry. I want to see, like, this Titans offense to be fun. Like, I want them to kind of yes. do some different things this year, whether it's, like, um, a Rashawn Evans in the in the end zone, like, catching a touchdown pass, or, like, more Questenberry or Lawan or, like, bringing a Dory back on offense for some for some plays. Like, I want to see, like, some more versatility, some fun dynamics of the, of the, of the, the passing game. So I'm interested to see if they actually do that. I agree. Uh, I, I think those those little gimmicky plays, I think they're so fun. Uh, that's one of the things I like about college football is they're always trying out gimmicky stuff. And 
Um, I was just going to say, I think, uh, you know, having a healthy Adam Humphreys is going to be huge for the offense. He's a chain mover. Uh, I think before he got hurt, he was, uh, he was on pace to be, uh, have the most receptions of anybody on offense. So, uh, having a healthy hump, I think is going to be extremely valuable. Um, yep. so I'm, again, I'm just really excited to see, uh, kind of where the cool. offense goes. Right. Rhett Bryant said a couple weeks ago, too, when we had him on the podcast, Rhett Bryant said that he thinks that Adam Humphreys will be the guy that finishes with the most reception on the roster this year. I don't doubt it. He's a chain mover. Um, yeah. He's that guy that can that can separate uh, in, in a very short distance and, and uh, get you get you those tight yards that you need to, to move the ball. Um, so I, I, I think that's very possible. So we also have a question from at Buck Ali five on Twitter. Um, he got a few questions, but I'll answer. We can answer a few of these. Um, and this is a this is a big one, and we all know that we've talked about this name time and time again on the podcast. His question is: Does Corey Davis break a thousand yards? Brett, what do you think? Holy cow, man! So I mean, we talked a couple weeks ago. If we think that we'll have four or five receivers eclipse that 300-yard mark. I still am on the A.J. Brown being the only guy to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark. I think Corey is going to be in that little probably 700 to 950 range again. But I do think in large part that comes from throwing the ball to Hump so much, throwing the ball to Jonu so much, and throwing and handing the ball off to Darrington Evans and to Derrick Henry. That's not a knock on Corey Davis at all. If there was no Darrington Evans and if there was possibly no Humphreys, then, yeah, I think there would maybe be a chance because you would have to throw him the ball all the time. We know he can go up the ladder and get the ball. We know how aggressive he is. But when you have a guy that's such a good downhill, downfield blocker like him on runs like that, that's going to put you inside the 15-10 yard line when you can go up to A.J. Brown or you can toss it to Darrington Evans or something like that. So it's not a knock on Corey Davis that I don't think he'll get to the 1,000-yard mark. But I think it's because they're going to have to utilize the other weapons so much. It's going to keep them under that thousand yard mark and keep them right around eight fifty nine hundred yards again. I agree. I th- you know, this, the ball is going to be spread all over the offense. Uh, I do think, though, that if Corey can put it all together this year, obviously I've said before, I think he's probably the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, but sure. we need him to be one of the best catching wide receivers in the NFL uh, to truly complement AJ Brown. Um, but I, I don't think he'll – I agree with Brett. I don't think he gets 1,000 yards, but I could see him getting eight, nine touchdowns, uh, especially if, nice. this offense, if this offense stays as high, as high efficiency as it was last year. Obviously, it won't be as high efficiency, but it's a high-efficiency offense, we know. Um, so if, if Tannehill can, can get him the ball near the end zone, he's a guy that can go up, like Brett said, climb the ladder for it. Um, so eight, eight, eight to ten touchdowns I think is possible. For sure. It's, again, I mean, like it's it's as thin as this offense looks on paper. It, it's still so um, it's still so good at the same time because like those eight to ten touchdowns that we think Corey Davis can get, like those eight ten touchdowns could also be AJ Browns and they could also be Jonu Smith because that's the kind of players they are. Like the, the, the Arthur Smith likes to get everybody involved. So we, I mean, I've been stressing it since day one. Like I want to see Corey Davis be great because I know he is and I know he can be great. Chris, you and I saw him firsthand in college uh, when Western Michigan played MTSU, and Corey Davis kicked their ass yeah. uh, in that bowl game. And so we, we know if you go back and just watch Corey Davis highlights, you see why he was the number five pick. Obviously now 
he's been nothing. He hasn't been a, a third round pick. And so um, we just, you know, we, I think everybody pulls for Corey. There's never, there's not been a knock on the guy. Like he hasn't like nothing he's done has been bad. He just hasn't been number five pick worthy. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting. My bold take for the season um, spoiler, and we can, we're going to do bold takes next week on the, the next podcast. But um, I tweeted this and said that I think the Titans have two, thousand yard receivers so i'm with buck ali five on on twitter and uh, I, I do think that uh Corey's, you know the times are capable of doing because i do think that tan hill's gonna sling the ball this season so um i have all the faith in Corey davis this year all right another question he had um chris you can answer this one can harold landry turn the corner and become the stud we expect him to be it's a great question uh i hope he's turning the corner a lot this year because i want him getting around that edge uh yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if he's truly been working on on his uh, his pass rush move arsenal the way he's talked about, and um, I th- I think he you know we know he's a, a heck of a speed guy off the edge, um, so if he can kind of put that bend to use and continue that, but also add uh, add a few other moves to to his arsenal, I mean, I think I think the kid can be an absolute stud. Um, we saw some some flashes of brilliance last year, and and you know I think it's more of a, a just a consistency uh, issue with him, um, and having having a couple guys up front in Big Jeff and, and Daquan Jones uh, to to help kind of uh, close in close in that line and, and collapse it a little bit. I think is going to do nothing but help him. Uh, I think the biggest knock on Harold right now is what's opposite him. Uh, obviously, we we know who Correa is. We've seen that, but we don't we don't know who Beasley is in this defense, and we don't even have a healthy Beasley right now. Um, yeah. So you know, the biggest concern is 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 he going to be double teamed and and stuff like that because we have nobody else coming off the other edge. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, Harold Landry, we knew at the time when the drafts, like we all thought he was a first round pick. Like that's so we I remember we the whole thing was take Harold Landry that first round pick and they didn't. And then they go back and get him the second round. So, um, it's a guy, John Robinson is highly, you know, thought of, and I hope he can, especially with the, 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 the lack of depth at outside linebacker, we could definitely use, you know, 10 plus sacks from, him. does that actually happen? Who knows? Is he actually a stud, you know, like Buck said, as we, you know, think he can be, it's, it's still, um, to be determined, but, um, what was he, Chris, like last year, like the, he had nine sacks. We were hoping he get double digits, nine sacks with like four weeks to go. And he didn't get another sack. You remember that? Yeah. I think, I think it was eight, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Eight? But been, okay. Uh, but yeah, he, he had plenty of games to, to, to break the double digits and never did. So close. So far away. All right. Last question. Um, does Tana Hill start? All 16 games. What do you think? Hopefully, it starts all 19. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yes, Brent, I say yes. Just, just I say yes, just because I think for the fact of, I mean, when's the last time you can think we had a, a quarterback start all 16 games? And we saw him <laughs> some, take some hard hits last year. I mean, if I'm being honest, when's the last time? I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't who think knows? of one. I mean, Kerry Collins, maybe. I mean, no, we'll I have to do some I, research on that. But I don't even know, man. I Locker? It, I don't think Locker ever did it. 
No, it was Halo. Halo. Hasselbeck, wasn't it? Didn't Hasselbeck start all 16 games Locker's rookie year? I thought maybe, maybe. But but to, to Tannehill real quick, um, yes, I think he does, just for the fact of we saw that he took some pretty hard hits last year and he stayed healthy. And that could have been a younger Tannehill that just being getting hurt all the time. I'm mostly saying yes for the hope of that I want it to happen because, like I said, we haven't had a quarterback start off 16 games in so long. But to be honest with you, yes, I do think it will happen. And the Titans need it to happen because you have no idea what's going to be coming behind you. I'm a little bit more comfortable now with Simeon being the, the most likely QB too, but the Titans definitely need him to stay healthy the entire season. And you are correct, Chris. It was Matt Hasselbeck. Okay, good call. Good call, Chris. 2011, all 16. Titans went 9-7. and seven. Barely missing the there playoffs. There you go. There you go. Hey, it's never it's it's never your thing. Change up the roster and never your thing. Nine and seven. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, listen, that was our prediction podcast. We'll be back next week with our uh, bold predictions about the season. We'll kind of give our, our record predictions on what we think the Titans do. Um, guys, football is close. We are less than two weeks away from the Titans' home away uh, opener in uh, in Denver. Cannot wait um, for Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. I'm Austin Nelson. Make sure you get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate. Leave us reviews. We love it. Um, Y'all take care. And as always, tighten up. Tighten up. up.